the very roots of eating, of negativity and singularity, including the ultimate form of singularity, which is This is the typical violence of information. It's violent because what happens there is a murder of the real, the vanishing point of reality. Let's not have a misunderstanding here. Welcome to Machinic Unconscious Happy Hour with Cooper Cherry. As always, we are sponsored by the People's Institute for Revolutionary Semiotics. Before I introduce today's guests, do you want to mention I've got a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash M-U-H-H. If you're enjoying the show, consider throwing me a buck if you've got it. But today I'm very happy to have Kelton from Psychic Dolphin Garage joining me to explain Deleuze to us. Haha, <laughs> that's a joke. We are we're not delving into any any theory today. We're just going we're just shooting from the hip. So Kelton, thanks so much for joining me on oh, the happy hour, okay. my friend. <laughs> just always a joy to be here, you know. Uh the, I was very worried when it was gonna be, oh okay, and uh we're not gonna be doing any reading. And then you know, that, <laughs> that was me just, you know, so excited there because I was like, Oh, I get to talk with someone who's smart and also not have to be able to read, read anything. Yeah. This is fantastic. This is a dynamic I am all too familiar with. This is right. great. Yeah, I need, so, I need uh, a break like uh, every once in a while from reading these fucking obscurantist French philosophers. And I, I think the, <laughs> the title for this one, I, you might appreciate this, will be Machinic Dolphin Garage Happy Hour. See, perfect. Perfect title. That, that's good. For when the inevitable merger exists. That's right. You know, for, uh, that, that, that's going to be the case. The, what is it? It'll be like Third Coast Podcast. that's the idea that's the idea uh man (laughs) it's gonna be bizarre because uh really i think that's what needs to happen is like uh us merge we also grab a future left uh as well we just kind of form like the uh the texas podcasting empire right and then <laughs> we we form a, a solid wall that runs through the middle of the country be a, yeah a there's project. actually even another there's another theory podcast that's the hosts are like headquartered here in austin it's a red library oh okay okay well you know uh i i don't know them so uh let's immediately start conflict yeah, with them strife should, <laughs> right <laughs> but they have a they have a great show too and i think they might be a little bit more like marxist oriented mm-hmm in that vein, but I think there's I mean, like there's a kind of a lot lot of overlap as far as their their vibe and and what I do, and I've had them on the show at least once, and I've been on their show once. So oh wow, well that that, that is nice. Everyone, I guess, go ahead and check that out too. It's a, it goes a whole lot better than you know like uh, Blue Check Library, right? right. go through and you're like all right here are some of the best tweets from joy and reed thank you (laughs) i should also mention i've been on i have done one episode of of psychic dolphin you have you have uh it was the episode that absolutely just uh destroyed zach um, (laughs) because for whatever reason he couldn't hear you initially and so then like uh, all your zingers that that were coming through when he could actually hear you when the mic was picking up edit yeah yeah (laughs) he was just like oh my god oh it took him so long to edit because he was just 
had to pause, crack up right. and laugh and then nice. go back to resuming. So yeah, just real, real sniper, you know, uh, no scope on that shit. Good, yeah, just, good for just you. Good for keeping you. up through the turret. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, um, and of course I've had Bo, who's a co-host on uh, psychic dolphin garage on a, a couple of times and we've done some really fun, just kind of riff episodes. So yes, he, I'll post the, those uh, in the show notes too. Please, please do. I, I mean, it's important to like promote your own podcast while I'm also promoting mine. It, That's it's, right. You know, equal, equal space and time with our uh, designated ambassador to everyone. You know, yeah. I, I think Bo, if, uh, if anyone were to communicate with aliens to represent like <laughs> podcasters, it would be Bo. Like, <laughs> That's who we all need to elect. Like Hawaiian yes. shirt, just, you know. Yeah, like, exactly. If, if the aliens can't vibe with Bo, then, you know, we don't need them. <laughs> yeah. Turns out those intergalactic creatures, kind of harsh. Uh, <laughs> That's our litmus test. That's <laughs> how the vibes are. Yeah. Uh, Bo actually left us for them. So yeah. we think that the, uh, it speaks more uh, to their, their amazingness. We feel pretty good about that. My typical episode has lately has been uh, obscure and just French philosophy. I need a break from reading all that shit every week. It's tough doing like a 40 hour work week and my job is so fucking draining yeah, on my I, energy wise that it's like I try to read after work and stuff, but I usually end up getting super fucking stoned. I'll be on like at least 50 milligrams and I'm trying to re- read like fucking the machine unconscious by Guitari and it's like <laughs> none of this I, I, <laughs> makes I, sense. I couldn't even pick up the book <laughs> sober, let alone read it while I'm high. So yeah. I applaud you. I applaud you. Um, I, unfortunately, you know, I, I just, uh, I, I'm not, uh, devoted to anything, even like working out. So I can't even like claim like, Oh, I'm just going to double down on being a hembo. Instead it's just <laughs> like, uh, I, I'm going to really try and corner becoming like the anti the quartering type of a guy like that. That's going to be my, my, uh, my market, nice. I guess. And be like, look, I can be a fat nerd and not a total sexist who, uh, uh, you know, also is racist. Who knew? Who knew? But they're out there. They're out there. Not very yeah. wanted, a, but they're out there. Market. It's a niche market. It's a niche market for sure. <laughs> I'm also not really into video games either. So that's, that's me having to do some like real improv on the fly. Right. I'm not either. Yeah. Like that's my, I kind of missed out to like, there's two big gaps, I think, in my repertoire. One of them is anime. And mm-hmm. the other is video games. I haven't really Hell been yeah. into gaming since. I always liked sports games. I always liked Madden and shit. Um, yeah, I, I don't count those. <laughs> I guess that's they, true, if, right? Those are different I, games. Huh? <laughs> yeah, it's like Madden. Uh, even even FIFA like all shit. the racing games. So yeah, FIFA especially. Like if those exist, like inside of a frat house, those are probably not like video game Kino style video games. Yeah. Like I'm not sure how much uh, how many frat houses are about to bro down and watch some cyberpunk 2077 or something you know that, that's just not going to happen did you go to college uh a couple semesters a couple yeah. semesters and then it just it, I, I realized oh it, this is definitely not for me and right then i i bailed out what about you yeah uh i'm extremely overeducated oh well but, uh, none of it's you. worth uh it's you know I accrued a lot of student loans as part of that. <laughs> well, okay. That's okay. my biggest, that's my biggest uh, academic achievement is, is getting a shitload of loans and then paying very little on them. 
Okay, we'll see. You know, if only there was a candidate who would have been able to help you. Right. Oh, well. My strategy is to pay as little as possible until um, either either society collapses or someone forgives my loans. Okay. Or like inflation eats up the money. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'm paying for what two thousand. I'm paying for like what two thousand and three dollars in <laughs> in like fucking twenty twenty money. Yeah, whatever, you know what I mean. Exactly. Exactly. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no one ever mentions that part of the gold standard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Back to that. Right. Oh God. Oh. Bring back the value of the dollar makes your student loans just infinitely harder to pay. Just suddenly. What was the, was, what the fuck was the thing in like the 20s? Wasn't there, there were the gold bugs and like the silver something. I forget what they're, like there was this whole thing about early, in the early 20th century and I forget like which decade it was specifically, but there was this movement to like include silver not only base uh the currency the dollar on gold but also silver yeah i mean silver does make a lot more sense at least in in general i mean you know like the whole phrase of the silver dollar and all that right um gold is just like such a shitty metal just in general i honestly don't know how it it wound up being like top five in terms of what we use for currency like true it melts all the time. You can't build anything with it. It's purely just shiny, you know? Uh, I, I'm not quite sure. Is it like scarce? Is it like legitimately scarce? Ish, I guess, you know, I guess it was scarce at the time. But then, you know, when uh, imperialism and colonialism kind of took over, you realized it wasn't scarce in a lot of other parts of the world. But you were like, oh, fuck. Okay, well, I'm going to take it back with me and it'll become incredibly valuable over there. I guess we're kind of doing the same thing with lithium over yeah. in Bolivia, right? Yeah. Gold does make like a good semiconductor, right? Like, doesn't they? It's usually yeah. somewhat used in computing, I think. Yeah, I, I'm just trying to think of like uh, in, in Ben Franklin. Right. Yeah, oh, yeah. Back times. then, yeah. Exactly. There's no, <laughs> no real utility to it, right? Yeah. History has looked back far more fondly on those guys for those decisions. It'd be great. Like if uh, gold became like, Oh, it's like packing peanuts or something. <laughs> like, can you imagine this is what people thought wars over right now? But uh, I guess we also fought wars over spice. So it's not that, that really has not aged. Well, fact that like people committed genocide for paprika just for stuff. salt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, oh man. You know that thing that you keep on forgetting whether or not you have it in your pantry? Yeah, like wars were waged over that. <laughs> Bloodlines ended simply because of that. What is it like, by the way, being part of like the, at, at least from your perspective, like in, in Texas, being on the left side, but then you're always like grouped in with all of the centrist Democrats. Like uh, what, what was her name? Uh, MJ Hager, right? She was the run, one running against Cornyn. Like, I didn't even pay attention. I'm so black-pilled that I didn't even vote this year. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, You're I the voted. reason Biden didn't win Texas. I <laughs> exactly. <understand>. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I the, did vote. I was very conflicted about voting. I was not going to vote in the Democratic primary, but I ended up doing it anyways. Um, I mean, it's important to back your boy Bloomberg. I understand. <laughs> <you know. laughs> yes, exactly. 
<laughs> he won American Samoa. He is a viable candidate. Exactly. He He's had viable. the momentum. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking ace. So yeah, I, I didn't vote. I didn't really pay attention to any of the actual races. I got like a thousand fucking text messages mm-hmm. vote, but I was just so, even before like the democratic primaries, I was pretty convinced I was not going to vote. And then once okay. like the whole, the whole Bernie thing totally got rat fucked again, I was just like, yeah, I mean, what's, what's the fucking point of, yeah, exactly. Of doing I, I mean, especially being in Texas. You know, yeah, right. It's just like, all right, well. It's know. like, I voted for Gore. I voted for Kerry. I voted for, <laughs> I did not vote for Obama. I voted, I wrote him. Wow, down. wow. Wonder what was different about yeah. him versus the other ones. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. I had to draw the line somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know how old you are, but I'm, I just turned 38. Okay. Actually, the okay. week of the uh, November 6th. So. Oh, well. Yeah, happy birthday week, I oh, guess. Flashback to the past. So I did, uh, let's see. So like 2008, I think it was my first year of grad school. Yeah, because I graduated in 09 from grad school. Okay. And Obama, so I went to Texas State. Obama did come to speak at Texas State. Oh, nice. And, and Sewell Park there, which is like right on the river. My mom, she went to Texas State when it was still Southwest. And... um she loves to say that she went to Southwest University instead of Texas <laughs> State because it makes people think that uh, she went to Southwestern uh, yeah. instead, which has uh, much more prestigious, I guess, uh, in, in yeah. her in her age group sort of a thing, which is fun for me uh, now, to, to see that that game never changes no matter how old you are. Got to like, gloss yeah. up the resume. Now, when I went there, my at first, the name change occurred like right during my first year there. So I do have, I actually have my, Southwest Texas State ID. Nice. Okay. <laughs> See, that's perfect. You can you can hold that yeah, up. To it's a people. relic. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Limited edition. Exactly. Uh, just uh, slap a Supreme logo on it, and you'll be <laughs> fine. I guess. <laughs> I was kind of like all uh, all aboard the Obama train after. I mean, the D- Iraq War and all of that shit really fucked me up. Mm-hmm. That black pilled me to begin with. Going through that and just like watching the drum, the war, you know, the drum up to war and people just falling for the bullshit. I was just, that was hardcore yeah. black pilling. I mean, I'm, I think I'm still like, that's probably if we're talking about like leftist conversion stories, I think maybe that was the inciting incident perhaps. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think that it's not unreasonable to say at least that Bush was a, uh, a objectively just worse president than Trump has been in, yeah. in his four years. Definitely. Um, you know, uh, I, I mean, like he, he's more rude, I guess. And so that makes people more mad, but you know, you know in terms of international policy alone, I think uh, he, he's maintained a lot of the things that then, you know, got instigated by the, the Bush yes. war machine. And I mean, like probably my least favorite president just of all time is HW. Like uh, I, I say like of all time, I mean like of modern, quote unquote right. history. Gotcha. I'm I'm pretty sure me and Andrew Jackson wouldn't have gotten along either. <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. I was uh, Jackson used to be like my one of my favorites back in the day. Well yeah, like when I was yeah. a kid or you know, like in probably like middle school era, I was like, Oh yeah, this dude's this dude fucking rips. <laughs> yeah, but I mean like so so I bet was Teddy Roosevelt. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. Those were actually those are probably like my Roosevelt was probably my favorite. 
Yeah. I, they're the meme Lord presidents at that time, you know, like they, they're so iconic for yeah. kind of like what they had that. I mean, you know, you, you don't think about all of like their boring policies. I say boring trail of tears, probably not boring would be one way to describe that. Mostly talking about like uh, Roosevelt being like, Oh, well, what's his lasting impact? I mean, like a lot of parks and wildlife services, I guess. Well, he did have the trust busting element at uh, least like you gotta at least i don't you know i don't know what the i guess we could also mention that fact too. <laughs> so i think that like sort of semi-progressive element with the trust busting was maybe that that was like the draw yeah this is like deep lib- liberal era like you know I, I assume you grew up in texas as well like just straight yeah. up like school system and everything i mean oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean i grew up uh for the first like decade and a half I, w- I was in the rio grande valley which was you know interesting at the very least um uh and i i'm very thankful of that uh because then when i moved to houston the culture shock i felt uh was, was phenomenal to me and i think that kind of like is what helped me break out of like the neocon parenting i grew up in a little oh, bit yeah. same because i was like oh so instead of being like one of like the few anglo people in the rio grande valley i'm now one of like the whole mixing pot but there's also a lot of black people here and yeah. you know watching why does why did mom never lock the doors when watching a hispanic guy walking by but she would when a black guy walked by like why why is that you know just like questions like that you know uh, popping up or you know like what why is dad really kind of focused on like the bootstrap element when uh <laughs> things seem a little different than the normal uh in that spot when did but, you make that move like what what age were you uh i was 13 i believe uh you know 12 13 14 it, it really i my memory of like late of uh late elementary to early to mid middle school is like all a blur. Like I'm, I'm not sure like what trauma I've suppressed <laughs> super far deep down. <laughs> I don't know if that's tied into like, that's why we had to move. It was like a Catholic priest just <laughs> getting reassigned. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, uh, it, it is weird. I always thought that, that would be like a, a good premise for a story, by the way, is that like a guy and his family, you know, they move somewhere and they, they are living together and things seem kind of ideal. They finally finish moving in. They then like go to church on the first day. And then like the person who's giving the actual like sermon and everything else up front, the priest is like the person who that kid had flashbacks to for when he was like six oh, years God. old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So can you picture that? Wouldn't that be like a little, like a lifetime movie kind of a premise? Yeah. So that sort of reminds me of that movie. Um, not Glenn Close, but uh, oh, doubt, doubt. Uh, Philip yes. Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah, fuck me right up. <laughs> that movie. <laughs> I I remember watching that like it was like at Hollywood Video, and like I was watching it with my parents. <laughs> that was one of those films where I was like, I am too young to be able to take this movie seriously. <laughs> watching her like cry on the park bench being like yeah. i just i had so much doubt i didn't know i'm like oh it's the movie oh okay cool what wait what what's she doubting exactly right huh? it's like uh, the Di- Di- dicaprio point.jpg yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> she said the word 
Yeah, precisely. Oh, man. RIP to a legend. The Hoffman, indeed. What did he die of? Was it like a heroin? Heroin overdose. Okay. Oh, yeah. That'll happen. Like a true king just accidentally took too much heroin while on set for the Hunger Games. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Are you serious? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. He got the Hunger Games money. Wow. Decided to do a whole bunch of heroin. Just, God, is there anything more appropriate? Uh, yeah, like just, you know what, fuck it. Capitalism? I'll do, right? <laughs> I'll, fuck it. I'll just do two more movies. Uh, okay, now. Uh, so how to numb this. Uh, Jesus This is Christ. what we get for not giving him the award with Capote instead. Right? You know? Damn. Suffering. Society Suffering took indeed. an L there. A big L. <laughs> Yeah, can you imagine like a film like with him uh uh and and god, what's that other character actor that's recently blown up? Uh Sam Rockwell. You know, just like Ooh, yeah, that's a good. movie with the two of them just like doing their things in it. Uh, yeah, we'll I could see. definitely I could definitely see that. Watch them having already like been in a movie before together, <laughs> just completely ignoring that. I mean, we missed our opportunity for <laughs> Hoffman to be like a, a the penguin. I think. Oh yeah, yeah. Would have been. I mean, like casting. I'm not exactly sure of his politics, but you know, if he was around still, there would be like a Hoffman Trump biopic, probably. Oh right, ha! <laughs> that is. Perfect, I mean, actually, I, I'm, I'm not saying I would be happy about it or that it yeah. would be good, but I mean, Hollywood would be like, "Oh, you're an accomplished actor. You need to like go award chasing." Huh? You're also kind of heavy set and a white guy. Huh? Yeah. Uh, let's throw on some uh yeah, some nice little plastic perfect. things there. Yeah. Yeah, give him a rug. Oh man, that would have been amazing. <laughs> I mean, uh, I think it's Showtime that's making a TV show about the Comey investigation. Jesus Christ. Trump. Like like they've already released a trailer. Fuck. For, is is what I mean. Like not that's so I, I guess I should say like I don't think I know it exists. I don't know if it's Showtime or Stars or gotcha, one of those or whatever. Right. But, um, yeah. It, it, it's going to get real bad, I think. Because now, especially with him gone, there's going to be like a whole bunch of like redemption angles. Yeah. Now. And I'm not sure. Well, you know, fucking, was it not Joy Reid or someone already the other day, like, was posting about. She's doing the sort of apologetics for Trump, which. Oh, no, I, I had not. But that sounds like a very. Uh, <laughs> yes. Joy Reid thing. It's already fucking happening, man. Yeah. It's already oh, fucking man. Happening. Can you imagine the 2028 MSNBC ah, political <laughs> consultant? Trump will probably be on MSNBC at that point, right? Yeah. Actually, you know, like I know that it was, you know, kind of posted mostly to make people mad, but let him go back to The Apprentice or host Jeopardy or some fucking bullshit, you know, like, yeah, like let him go back to the world that he wants and then he'll have like Trump News Network and then we won't have to pay attention to that at all. I think he should just go to Vegas and do a Vegas live show. <laughs> Every week, yes. <laughs> I think that's that's the perfect like swan song to his career is to just go and like doing yeah, bits about that, whatever. That, I can see that stories like the Mike no Ty- like Mike Tyson's show, you know, mm-hmm. his little kind of stand up thing. Exactly, <laughs> him ninety minutes a night, just unfiltered, going off. <laughs> they hop him up, they walk him out there, hand yeah, him a exactly. microphone. <laughs> Exactly. He's kind of aware of what's going on the whole time, but not really. And so 
He's just simply going off of uh, crowd noise, what all he needs to focus on. So Yeah. I mean, he does have like a preternatural instinct for libidinal um, mm-hmm. excess, I think. You know what I mean? Like he, he appeals to something visceral in people's subconscious on both sides. Yeah. Like the right wingers. It's so weird, right? Like the fetishization of, of Donald Trump by yeah just i mean it's his body honestly like how can you not fetishize him? <laughs> it's 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 a struggle <laughs> the entire time yeah no i mean like i i don't understand because like every accountant kind of has like the same energy of like a really tired accountant it feels like on the republican side like every other potential candidate that exists you know the number two guy is ted fucking cruz like yeah that that's a wildly different energy zero charisma right yeah so it's weird for me to think about as people are going oh well who will the republicans push in 2024 it's like it's gonna be trump Trump again yeah Yeah, exactly can you imagine trump four years from now going after harris (laughs) it would be fucking insane like uh i I mean he would win every primary i think he's oh i think I mean, the the pathway is set for him to be reelected almost assured. Like, I would bet money now. I should probably place a bet because I could probably <laughs> fucking make oh, yeah. a get great odds at this point. <laughs> because, like, you can already see the roadmap even, you know, unless there's this whatever coup situation or yeah. coup in, in scare quotes to some degree, right? Yeah. I'm, I mean, I legitimately almost think like, wh- like if you were to say, okay, just take this L this time, buddy. Okay. Cause then in 2022, we're going to win back the house. Yes. And then in 2024, all that 2018 blue wave shit, that's yeah. going to get squashed anyway. Cause Absolutely. there's going to be nothing surrounding like a Harris yeah. level uh, right. presidency. And then you can ride that and then you'll, oh, you'll be in again. Yeah. You know, congrats to you. Then, exactly. then we can have a coup. Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, but <laughs> we'll see. I guess. Yeah, that's fucking that's fucking right on because you know, absolutely, Democrats are no way they win the Senate. There's no way they win both of the races. It's in what Alabama, right? The two uh, Senate seats that are oh, going oh, for in Georgia. In Georgia. Georgia, okay. Yeah. So, like, I think all the Republicans have to do is win one seat to have control of the Senate, at which point that negates, even if Biden wanted to do something, which he doesn't. Yeah. Well, I, 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 any kind of progressive, remotely progressive legislation from actually going through Biden's mental situation declines. I don't think there's any way he, I mean, his health isn't going to, his, like, his acuity, like, mental acuity is not going to improve as president, right? You can see the physical toll that being president mm-hmm. takes, you know, when looking at like Obama or W. Bush or, you know. Literally everyone but Trump. Right, yes. Like, <laughs> he looked like he has somehow stayed ageless. Yeah, exactly. The entire time. Um, he's the only one that's been able to not, probably because he doesn't give a fuck. Like he's exactly, exactly. He doesn't govern. So he has yeah, no, he's more not stressed pressure. out about it. Yeah. He's yeah. Like, yeah. If anything, he can't be per- prosecuted while president. So he's, you know, feeling probably the, the best nights of like three hours of sleep right. that he ever has gotten. Or even know. at, that's the thing too, is like, even after he's president, like he, it's such a, it would demi- undermine the legitimacy of the president so much. Like, you know how they never go after anyone, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, going back to Iraq or, right? Like, none of those people ever got punished for anything. 
Oh yeah, well, I the, mean to, the financial collapse, right? So yeah, oh god, he's got to yeah. know that now that he's been president, like he's that's his get out of jail free card for life. Biden yeah. will it, Biden will probably pardon him because it's Puck. like reaching across the it's like healing the that, country. That is exactly the empty-handed like uh, reach across the aisle thing. Like yeah, no, that's exactly right. Like the the state of New York will prosecute him to the fullest to make, you know, New Yorkers feel happy and they'll be like, yeah, fuck Trump. Look what we did. Then, you know, Biden will pardon him and then Trump will crush Harris in 2024. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Cause well, you know, the fucking Republicans are going to raise so much money because of the, the fucking Trumpers sycophantic bullshit yeah. that they will definitely take the house back with authority. Like they're going to run roughshod on the house and take back the house and Senate. And then Trump is going to get reelected in 2024. It'll, it'll be wonderful, I think. You yes, know? it's um, going to be great. My plan is uh, hopefully cruise ships will be available by then because <laughs> going to do a nice one-way thing. Uh, going to get dropped off somewhere. I don't know. I hear Iceland is nice, probably. And then... Uh, well, yeah, after climate change, Iceland will... Probably it's be like a, the Bahamas. You yeah, know? exactly. It's the set up a Margaritaville in the Bahamas. <laughs> that's that's my uh, fallout plan. <laughs> Hell yeah! No one asks what that guy's politics is. You yeah, know? right. <laughs> you could be the most problematic person in the world, but if you're working at the Margaritaville in Iceland, uh, it's not going to have too much of an impact, I guess. The vibes are going. We're, we're getting. <laughs> we're flowing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're in a sweet spot. Man, man. Well, uh, so so let me know. I, I guess you know how have things been going like uh, in your world? Uh, what, uh, do you have like any like weird predictions or things like that that you feel like are going to take place twenty twenty four and beyond? I mean, just I think laying out my prediction. Like we just kind of went over as far as the presidential landscape goes. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably like the the thing I've most thought about. I think as far as projecting into the future. My situation is one of which I'm just trying to like, I live my life like a day at a time. Like I'm just trying to like, when I'm at work, it's like my day is spent. I, okay. I look forward to my first break of the morning. So I'm like, I'm get, get to that first break. That's like an hour or two yeah. hours into my shift. And then yeah. it's like, get to my lunch break. Okay. I'm at my lunch break. Now I'll get and to that afternoon break. And then I'm to my, you know, end of my shift. So that's how I kind of live my life. Well, I'm not sure like what what all the the lore is over here at MOP, but like uh, you're you're working at the CIA black site still, right? Like that's, oh, that's right. That's okay. Right. Just wanted to make sure. Just wanted to make sure that that people kind of were were caught up to speed. On no, that. I I have to give you credit. I think for Psychic Dolphin Garage, that was inspiration for the Machine <laughs> Unconscious Happy Hour for sure. Well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, we got to claim that uh, individualistic SEO, you know, like, right. Uh, like there's a certain, I don't know. There's a certain like rhythm to it that I think the rhythms are sort of similar. Yeah. In, no, in definitely. I mean, you have a much, much better acronym though. Like <laughs> let, let's all be honest here. <laughs> I mean, my, I don't know. PDG is so not bad. PDG is pretty good. Sounds like something you pick up like your sophomore year of college. Like I'm sorry, <laughs> you have PDG. You're like oh, oh god fuck. no. Oh Christ! Well, there goes my summer. <laughs> <laughs> PDG is great, and I I really you know enjoy 
um, being like a part of it, especially now that it's kind of, you guys have a fucking huge community and like, yeah, yeah. I I was going to say that like, uh, I I mean, it's great, especially for me because probably like a month, uh, maybe a month and a half ago, I was like, you know what guys, like I feel like I I can take a little bit of a hiatus kind of like from being on like main stuff. And then I'm going to be working my way back in uh, doing kind of just like a bonus episode, type stuff working on games and things like that and the fact that not only has the show not missed a beat but legitimately this is not me just being derogatory here but like the show itself is better with me not on it and uh, that makes me feel so happy to see that you know like this is something of where like oh, you know, everything is still rolling. People are still able to make funny jokes. It isn't like all relying on like one person or like the the dynamic between one person, like the two other people. I mean, it it all just kind of keeps on rolling. But I feel like that really kind of is, uh, I mean, something that that Zach has done an excellent job of cultivating because now it's, you know, one regular episode, one bonus episode, one Patreon episode every week. And then now there's like three streams that take place yeah. a week. And it's just like, oh, man. Um, and, and, you know, we have great people, uh, Dennis and Char- uh, Charlie and Bo, of course, and Artemis. I mean, just everyone kind of doing uh, just great work in that. And uh, yeah, it's it's so nice to see how uh, far it, it's come from uh, me just kind of wanting to like uh, verbally shit post to Zach over our lunch breaks when I, when we were working together. <laughs> yeah. So it was the, the two of you thing. started, it started out with you, just you and Zach, right? Yes. Yeah. And so it was uh, him and I working together. Um, at the time I was uh, really kind of invested into working on like this Facebook leftist meme page thing I right had on. done. And then the comment section I'm always garbage fire, but it was mostly like, here are things that I wanted to talk about that I couldn't necessarily fire back as the page on slash. Yeah. Here are some like current event topic things that we wanted to, to, to talk about. And then kind of from there also just in general, kind of figure out like what podcasting was, right. right? You know, we, we all wanted to, the thing I often compare it to is uh, like, uh, it's the first band if you will. I don't know. Do you, do you yeah. play musical instruments? And No, I don't. Okay. I, I don't have a musical instrument like <laughs> bone in my body, um, but uh, that, that's the closest one to one. And I've had a couple of musicians say I wasn't terribly far off in that comparison. So I've just taken that and of course run with it. It just really was like uh, us talking. And then uh, I think we had like eight or nine episodes in uh then zach knew bo from this uh this facebook group uh that's i believe now defunct uh right now it's called get drunk and talk politics it got like banned by facebook because <laughs> uh someone wasn't watching and some of the members started posting QAnon shit into it and then that got the group uh, uh zucked uh there for a little bit but <laughs> nice if it comes back uh just now um we should probably uh, set up uh, admin approval to anyone listening. Do that in your Facebook groups. Smart. It yeah, might be annoying, smart. but yeah, it, it can really uh, help out with that. And then um, what, once we had Bo on, that was that was kind of, well, off to the races. Cause yeah, Bo's good. Zach, yeah, For I sure. mean, Zach and I, we knew what we were doing. Bo is just always a delight. And so kind of uh, sure. our dynamic that we built is that then 
pretty much on any given topic, at least two of us were able yeah. to talk to each other about it. And one person who is ignorant is kind of then able to spiral off into whatever jokes and whatever. I mean, it's a three chair setup. That, that's, yeah. you know, kind of how it works. And so then, uh, I mean, we, we just kind of kept the ball rolling on that. Zach then uh, started to look into how Twitch worked and then wanted to start doing some streaming stuff along that way. And it, it's, again, uh, yeah, the rest, as they say, is history with it. The idea of the name, though, really, truly just kind of came from it needs to be three words because yeah. every episode title is going to be three words and it needs to be something weird. And, uh, you know, at the time I was really <laughs> into like a research binge on all the crazy shit the CIA did with dolphins and, uh, you know, about how they had some lady just like jacking off a dolphin <laughs> while it was on LSD. <laughs> and I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> this is the kind of so, shit. You, so you read Posadas and then, yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. That's right. And then, uh, you know, kind of, kind of just went, went from there. Cause, uh, also just like in, in the party days, at least of with Zach and I, cause before we were coworkers, we were, um, very, very big, like drug friends, I guess. And, um, him and I, we would just have just dumb as shit, truly just awful conversations with each other um, about uh, whatever was kind of in the pop culture while just fucking drugged out of our minds. But it was happening <laughs> mostly on the couch of this guy that we both knew in his garage. And uh, so I was like, Haha, okay, gotcha. all right, we got our location. Uh, nice. I'll see your trap house and racy one uh. garage. Chapo. Um <laughs> Fucking a, beautiful. <laughs> uh, I love it. Yeah. So, so it, it kind of all all came together that way, and that that was that was interesting because um, uh, at least for for him and I, we both kind of got radicalized at around the same time. It, it was kind of one of those points of where um, I was always kind of more in the uh, li- libertarian camp. Yeah. Um, more than anything else. I think Same, everyone, I think, yeah. If you grow Texas, up in Texas. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. It's just a question of like how far to yes. the extreme right you fall. Exactly. Right. The, the libertarian Precisely. camp. And uh, so then for me, it, it, <laughs> I feel so bad saying this stuff, but like growing up in a conservative household, growing up like with conservative friends, and just kind of being indoctrinated in that world, all that annoying, super cringy lib shit, like South Park or like The Daily Show or oh yeah, uh, at the time yeah, all that, it was that sort of stuff. Yeah, that broke through to me. Oh, for sure. And yeah. that was something that then you know um, I was able to unfortunately build an entire personality around. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, like, charged as well. Right? <laughs> yeah. I think. I, I mean, like, uh, I just you know, I remember watching some stuff and being like, oh, okay, like I, I'm gonna like take this exact talking point or this story, and like I'm gonna talk to people at school or at class, or I'm gonna like talk to you know professor about it or whatever. And um, with at least you know, again, being in Texas, we also kind of were into the, the whole like EDM scene of sorts right on. and uh, uh, being two white guys involved in like the super heavy drug culture. Uh, we, we were very, very quick to realize like, Hey, cops fucking suck. Like n- no matter what, yeah. like, I can't believe that, you know, this guy got locked up for this. Like he, he was right. so it's just such a sweetheart 
like literally all he did was sell us, you know, acid or try and sell us like Chinese ketamine or whatever, <laughs> you know, like, but like he wasn't like a hardened criminal guy, yes, you know, right. it was just something, you know, kind of that, that fell out that way. And so it was like, Oh, may, you know, maybe, maybe the problems that exist, isn't just like, Oh, fuck these cops but like the whole institutions around that, and, uh, I mean, you know, once you get that little itch and then you, you want to start doing some deep diving into figuring out why stuff is the way it is. I mean, that's, that's the way you go down. Yeah. And so then that kind of started a mutual interest on both our parts to kind of see just how far down the rabbit hole all that went. And then Zach is definitely the reader of, of the two of us. And so he will be reading all these things, having these like really cool, like advanced discussion points and uh i'd be getting the cliff notes versions <laughs> of that yeah. and then uh uh you know I, I inevitably would be taking it and like trying to run with it and do like some like bizarre social experiments and uh, uh see what i could do with it so um yeah i would say that probably all occurred though i mean god right after i think obama got reelected that uh in 2012 right, that was okay. like our our big kind of you know like okay all right we're, we're both out of college we're both uh you know real 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 dumb and uh fail <laughs> sons so let, let's, let's see what we can do here so wh- when did you actually start the podcast yeah i believe it was may of uh 2019 yeah that, that we got started That's and funny. uh i think i started why? in like may of 2017 i think nice okay well we were following in your footsteps and didn't even realize <laughs> it um yeah i mean we, podcasting is so weird like yeah. it's it's it really is um and again not not re- wanting to reveal too much information about myself but like uh do you do you still do like any hard drugs out of curiosity hard drugs no the reason I was asking was that like a lot of it kind of was also Zach and I were going um, quote unquote sober, you know, still doing uh, you know, pot and drinking alcohol, but trying yeah. to avoid like harder stuff. And so then, you know, that freed up a lot of uh, normal discussion times. So. Gotcha. <laughs> and then f- trying to find a way to like refine it. Cause as it would turn out two friends kind of talking and hanging out and having like a cool conversation, there's like maybe seven minutes of that that's actually good like of the whole evening you're like oh man this dude he's so funny i love hanging out with him and then like trying to think about well what did he actually say that was funny yeah it's uh uh, okay i guess it was more of a vibe really at at that time like uh you you never quite know what, what else going on there actually so my grad degree is in mass communication and i remember like in 2008 like I took a class where they even showed us how to do a podcast, but I, at the time there was no like model for like what a podcast was. So yeah, like I yeah. didn't, I didn't have a way to like implement it. Like, you know what I mean? At that point. So it's fucking hilarious that like nine years later, I ended up starting a podcast when I could have started like in 2008 or some shit. Yeah. And those I'm sort early of glad adopters. that I didn't because that would have been pretty like, there's no like cringe episodes of me from like 2008 yeah yeah oh god uh i remember do you remember when at least uh itunes was really trying to push their video podcasts like on everyone 
No, I don't. Oh my God. That was, it was such a dark time. It it was so miserable because like I I would be trying to download like Mike and Mike or some like bullshit, like sports thing. Right. Those were great. At least for when I was working. Cause that's like four hours that I could just kind of have on to focus on. And, um, they just were really wanting everyone, at least on the, the iPods, to have just the video. Like, no, I want the audio. Why on earth would you do this to me? And when it finally went over, I don't remember what year, it was like night and day. And I was like, wow, I love iTunes. It's all so simple now. And yeah. then I thought like, oh, well, you know, if these people have a podcast. That must mean like they have a lot of production quality. They must have a studio. They must have like in my head, I, I had all kind of thought like, oh, well, it has to at least be like a radio station. Yeah. And now it's just like, okay, well, you're like a tier above a SoundCloud rapper. Like if yeah, you have a yeah, closet, exactly. you know, <laughs> you can make it sure. work. So it's fascinating to me. I had also done, um, so this was like 2008, 2009, and uh, we had a, like a cable access show Okay. that it started up as kind of a side project for some of the like students because like Texas State is a big, uh, like mass communication is one of their big Mm -hmm. programs there. So like a lot of, they had uh, two studios, like TV studios with a whole like news desk kind of set up. Or whatever, okay. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I did like this five minute essentially kind of mashup of basically like the Colbert Report and like the SNL weekend update. Okay, yeah, yeah. All right. I, and I, I got it. pretty good. Like I could swear to God I could have been on the fucking staff of like the Daily Show or the Colbert mm-hmm. Report eventually because like once I got their format down for like the type of like basically their, their model of joke, then I could do it. And then I'd hear my fucking jokes later on that week on their show, essentially. That, isn't that like a moment of pride, by the way? Yeah. When oh, you're like, sure. yes, that, <laughs> I came up with that. Uh, oh, I came up with that. So, I mean, more so like I just, I learned their, basically their paradigm for setting up like the joke and then would just apply, because it's basically, yeah, it's like the same paradigm you apply the current events to sort of, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Largely mm-hmm. speaking. Well, Once I mean, you get that the, down. The second that uh, you decide to decide to write for John Oliver, let me know <laughs> and uh, put in a good word. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I still I still watched last week tonight. Uh, I'm I'm not uh, that far gone. I think he's an absolute you know lib, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I'm a sucker at least for just that that pitter patter style. Oh, man. of joke Col- writing. Colbert. I thought was the Colbert report to me was like, it's art fucking height of comedy. It was so, yeah. he was so fucking good. And how, so how good. did it come from him? Yes. We know I what he's like it. now. Right. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it, it, is it CBS? Do you think like CBS fundamentally changed him and they neutered him in some way? Yeah. To- I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's a different world, you know, like I feel like we're on a different planet or we, took a different like the universe split off and Mm -hmm. some of us are like refugees from the old universe or something living (laughs) in this new hellscape of like where things are um i don't know shit just feels really bizarre right i feel like since right around 2000 right around the 2016 you know yeah yeah i mean that that was a real watershed moment i think culturally for a lot of people and it also, I think, you know, woke up a whole lot of people because, like, I wonder what would the Colbert 
CBS show have been like with a Hillary Clinton presidency. Yeah, right. Like that, that just that seems awful. That seems like that would have been canceled after like a year and a half. Yeah, because like definitely. truly, I mean, like what are what stories would people talk about if not Trump? You know, yeah, it, it feels it does like suck uh, up so much of the air in terms of media, and, and like and, he uh, gives like, a clear figure for to project all the like to like absorb he's like the con he's the prophylactic for the conservative <laughs> yeah. movement essentially he likes ab- absorbs all that shit yeah and and he thrives in that kind of a role you know oh for sure i, I think um especially like uh at least what has been helpful for me is for people to see uh, or at least from what i've seen people talk about like uh with stereotypes about texas for mm-hmm. example like, oh, well, uh, in the media, like they'll make jokes about like, oh, I can't, you know, Texas voted for Trump or Texas supported this thing. Like, what would you expect from a bunch of redneck hillbillies, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, okay, I, I mean, I get it. And yeah, Texas certainly deserves a whole bunch of shit here. But like, as with so many other places in the South, like there's a whole bunch of like uh, diverse communities and a uh, lot, lot of people of color and a lot of, you know, wor- working class folks who, who, uh, are getting just absolutely fucked over and dicked over like yeah. the entire time. I mean, and we do have the most ghoul, the most ghoulish of all fucking state governments. I can't think of. Yeah. I mean, per functioning leg, I think we have like the worst governor, lieutenant governor combo in the world. Like definitely most evil, like two men, two working legs. It, do, it doesn't <laughs> uh, <laughs> work out that way. <laughs> oh, bazinga it is funny to me that like i i almost have to give credit for a man like to be that just evil in his soul after a tree fell on him like that was that was god with a narrow miss that that's what happened the the maybe it was a paul at damascus moment for him (laughs) but in sort of the opposite way actually what if this is the good abbot like what if this is he's changed his ways kind of happened like he just was gonna be that evil a son of a bitch before you know um it it is wild until he saw god's healing light (laughs) (laughs) uh it it would be absolutely wonderful because i I know there have been some rumors at least in texas about like well is he going to want to try to run in 2024 i'm just like oh hell yeah please i want to see trump trying to get back into the the scene and abbott be on the debate stage at the same time like oh, oh oh my my soul my soul it just wouldn't be good. But, um, but it's just the idea that like so many people since they, they were getting left behind and then they were getting ignored through and through the divide. Isn't just among like North and South or urban and rural, but it's these like bizarre preconceived notions about how people think that shit would operate. Cause like, even in Texas, I, I think a lot of people who like to pull that, like, well, you know, if Texas, uh, we have the ability to split into four or five different States if we want to, uh, did you have friends or. Yeah. Well, I think who- it's like eight, maybe as much as I many as eight or something. I forget. <laughs> it's been a while since I've taken Texas history, but. Yeah. It, it's like, a, a, like a bizarre fail safe that, that yeah. Texas kind of worked into itself. And I know their idea is that it would mean that then there would be eight Texases 
running around. But I don't <laughs> think that they know what that actually means. Yeah. Because that would exactly. be like one Houston, one San Antonio, one Austin, one Dallas, one El Paso region, and then like maybe like three other kind of scrappish states. Like it's it's a net negative for them political power wise. Yes. To it decide definitely to is. split up Texas. You're, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. I could see it breaking down like I mean, I see that sort of kind of this some type of city state approach like being, you know, in in like thirty or forty years, if not sooner, being like yeah. the sort of de facto like way that things move. In the I, mean, US I mean at large, but like yeah. so I think that that breakdown as far as like right around big metro areas in I mean, Texas we, and, and so forth is going to be the model at, so, at some point, right? Yeah, it, it's going to be absolutely bizarre because like uh, at least in Houston, you know, we started off with like one little loop that went all, all around downtown and we started like one beltway that went, you know, all, all <laughs> yeah. around in a slightly larger circle. Now we're creating like another super highway toll road that's going to be in another circle. Like at some point we're going to have like a massive highway that goes like from Galveston Island all the way up to Huntsville and that extends almost to Louisiana. Like that's right. going to be like the region of Houston. The, uh, the city state is going to be kind of, kind of what, what occurs, but, I don't know. I would imagine that like uh, Austin and San Marcos are probably bumping yeah. into each other. Austin all the way to San Antonio is pretty much becoming one metro area. I call it the Centroplex. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, that makes sense, actually, though. I'm glad that that is, uh, you know, kind of merging together of sorts. But it's all, you know, it's growth all within a certain uh, radius or whatever of, of 35 Austin is growing so much now that pretty much everything from like, even up to round rock and beyond Georgetown, et cetera, like all that stuff is getting gobbled up. I think pretty much eventually there could be all the way from Dallas to (laughs) Dallas area to fucking San Antonio is going to be like one completely, um, the Texas super highway. Exactly. will be complete. Uh, let the Virgin Hyperloop. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go do that, huh? That that thing, man. What a failure! What a failure! Two people can only go a hundred miles an hour, <laughs> and it goes once. Capitalist like, innovation, baby. Capitalist innovation. Oh uh, man, are there trains in China that can go like hundred and fifty miles oh, an sure. hour and the zip sure. around everywhere? Like, oh, just. I feel like Japan also has Japan at minimum has. And they they have the ones trains. that are, are uh, uh, on top too. That that's the shit that blows my mind. They go from tracks on the bottom to yeah. where then they have a connector up top that then it'll just connect and then they'll become sky trains for a while. Like, how cool is that? Uh, you know. I guess all those viral tweets asking like, well, why can't we have this in the U S It's like, well, uh, long story. It's not going to be a fun answer. <laughs> let's, let's talk about infrastructure. Shall we? Fucking a, I thought about that too. Like in Austin you have, so we don't have loops of course, because fucking NIMBYs <laughs> have basically blocked out a certain, like their NIMBYs have blocked any kind of loop from occurring in Austin. And so we have I-35 and Mopac, the Missouri Pacific Highway, Highway 1. But they both go north to south, and they're both fucking the main, like, and everything is built along that corridor, too. It's like east to west, Austin is not big. It's like north to southwise in terms of physical area. 
that's yeah. where everything is. It's like, like I said, even 35 is like the main hub of, of development. Yeah. It, it was bizarre to me. Um, when I was in Austin, um, to be like getting off the highway and then like three blocks in, it's like, and there's the state Capitol building. Right. Like, whoa, whoa. Okay. Yeah. Y'all are just right there, huh? In, yeah. in Houston, there's like 20 one-way streets you have to carve <laughs> through in order to get there. Maybe this is a good segue because I think okay. like right around the 2008 era, 2009 or so, um, and I guess in college, I sort of got, I started getting into um, philosophy and specifically like the, the post-structuralist shit, like, the, like Foucault and fucking Derrida and so forth. And so I was kind of like, a libertarian, I don't know, uh, or not a libertarian, more of like a anarchist, I think by that. Okay. Point. But I didn't, re- I didn't have the sophisticated, I think, critique of, of capitalism at that point more so. so you were kind of like in that, like, uh, almost like Robert Evans track. Yeah, perhaps. Okay. Something along those lines. Um, but it, I have a weird dynamic because I grew up on a cattle ranch and my grandfather sort of ramrodded the cattle ranch, but it was really my great grandfather basically by cutting cordwood. He fucking built like he bought all this property. He started out just cutting cordwood, selling that shit to San Antonio, like in the, you know, in the like in San Antonio, like the twenties and thirties and forties and shit. So he like built up a decent like amount of property over a couple of decades, just like questing wood empire. Yeah, exactly. Literally from fucking cutting wood and, and shit like that. And so my Even friend, when people were like, and this is a cordless phone, and he's like, get that <laughs> shit out of here. <laughs> you respect where we came from. He died in like the 50s, so. Oh, okay. Well, all right. Maybe not quite he died cordless young. phones. <laughs> he died young, but, uh, and then my grandfather kind of took over that empire, and he was like a fucking only child, so he didn't really have to do shit, but he did I go see. to college, and uh, he was like a, a fucking pilot. He was a, uh, what's the fucking... Crop duster. Okay. There we go. A crop duster. So you had like a crop duster, crop dusting business. They ha- did cattle on the ranch. And then he had three kids, my dad and his two brothers. Okay. Who ended up being tremendous fail sons. <laughs> and my, and my dad is maybe the failest of the, of the three fail sons. So he's like the Hunter Biden yes. of, of the family. Yeah. All right. yeah right. Yeah. That's respect, actually respect. not, a, that's not a bad um <laughs> allegory for my for my father my dad is a tremendous fail son in his own right but he was sort of counter like he was he was into smoking weed and like being a musician okay so All right so i guess that question about like music stuff from earlier is that like a rejection like fuck you dad i won't learn the piano it was annoying to some degree because my dad would just fucking practice for hours and hours playing like fucking uh, Judas Priest breaking the law. Like a, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> a thousand times over and over and over again all day long. And and just, you know. Uh, and of course, never never like taking an interest in showing me how to do an instruments. I always wanted to play the drums, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, like I kind of, that's one of my biggest regrets, I think, is not, learning guitar or something like that. Well, I mean, like, I'm just picturing you, you know, you, you have like a, a Tigger plush toy or whatever. <laughs> you're like, so dad, like, are we going to be able to hang out? He's like, just one more jam session. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, no shit. That's kind of how it was, honestly. <laughs> Fucking Christ. God, that's awful. He played in one of these, uh, <laughs> he played in a dance hall band 
and I don't know a Judas you, Priest dance hall band. No, no, it was this more like <laughs> not, not nothing quite that cool. It was more like so you know in the small in small towns in Texas you have the dance halls, right? Mm-hmm. And so you have basically these little bands that will like their territory is like a county or a couple yeah, of counties. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so they'll travel around and do like, and it's, it'll be like top 40 stuff. And of course, like being in Texas, a lot of that, like it's predominantly country, but you know, they'll, some of the top 40, like crossover hits, right. They would play. Yeah. And then my dad would play on sort of the, the rock and roll or whatever okay. tracks. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's such a almost bizarre era for people because right. like, there was a time where you could truly be locally famous. Yeah. Like, uh, okay, like outside of this tri-county area, no one knows you, but like as long as like you stay within 15 miles of whatever, you know, yeah. saloon dance hall thing is, like people are going to go, whoa, hey, it's you, blah, blah, blah. So unfortunately as podcasters, we don't get that level of notoriety. Exactly. <laughs> Correct. Do you, uh, do, do you think that like, uh, you know, growing up that you would have wanted to do like AM radio or something like maybe like if you were born like 30 years prior. I don't know. I always had, like I said, from the kind of show that I did in, in college. And then so after I was living in Houston, I lived in, did a stint in Dallas for a while. I'd be on the road all the time going out to, I mean, it's a fucking huge area to cover. So uh, Dallas had like Dallas had great sports talk radio. Um, are you? I don't know if you're familiar with the ticket at all. Yes, yes, I am. So the yeah. ticket was like fucking great, and I used to always think about you know I could fucking do something like this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, sports radio is definitely kind of I think like every like podcaster's like first toe. Those are truly every men, you know, <laughs> they just pulled some guy who, uh, if he wasn't doing this, he'd be like getting drunk in between the seats of the stadium. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> but yeah, Dallas, some had, analysis. Yeah. Dallas had phenomenal sports talk. It was kind of, I don't know. It was, they were pretty good. You know, they're funny. They're entertaining. They're you know, pulling in some kind of pop culture shit. So mm-hmm. Well, and also it's Dallas. So like weirdly, they're not going to be like the most regressive. I think that a lot of like non-Texans might picture. Yeah. Like when you say like, oh, it's Texas sports radio. Like, no, no. Like Dallas is a a beast unto itself uh, a little bit. And I'm not even sure how that would break. Like, of course, this was pre-Trump too. So like, I don't even know how that has impact, like where those dudes fall Oh, register. <laughs> I think we all know like what side they fall on. Yeah. Unfortunately, what was that guy? Um, Christ, I wish I wish I could pull it up right now and see. It was some like sports guy. He's pretty big. Let me see if I can pull him. Randy Galloway right was like the old the old dude who had like been a fixture of Dallas like sports talk forever. And he did or like he got picked up by I think once ESPN got in the market in Dallas, he was like the basically their whatever star of their sports radio shit. Randy yeah. Galloway. So I think he was working for the like Dallas Morning News and shit. Like he was oh, a fixture. Wow. He was yeah. a fixture in the Metroplex for years. Yeah. God. By uh the person I had in mind, by the way, was John Clayton. Um he uh he just posted Clayton was on a- Twitter. Now apparently um on ESPN Seattle is where he is. But Skip he, I think Skip Bayless was on the ticket. 
Yeah, fuck time. Skip Bayless, though. Yeah, oh, course. my God. Right, yes. Build his career off of calling Troy Aikman gay, which is, like, objectively kind of hilarious. Like, right. I, I want to, you know, it's regressive in every other kind of way, but to just be like, yeah, I, I think the real reason Troy Aikman's not all that good is because he's gay. <laughs> let, yeah. me, let me write a book defending that. <laughs> <laughs> Takes a special kind of person, I suppose. Like he's as weird and as hellish, like as the social media landscape and you know the whole you know clout game, etc. Is like the the people who are able to have something that they are so passionate about and so knowledgeable about, even more importantly, and then to be able to want to share that with folks is so so much better than I, in my opinion at least, than the Joe Rogans yeah. of the world. Because, I mean, there's only one Joe Rogan, just like there's only one Chapo. Yeah. There are a thousand clones of that right. dynamic. Yeah. And uh, uh, you, you fall into being just another one of those clones as opposed right. to being, you know, something else, which is always good. I think, though, it's actually crazy for me. And I think, you know, we're sort of in the same end of Twitter it's been amazing for me. Like, I don't know. I have the, maybe I just found like the secret sauce for how to use that, how to use the site. And (laughs) because I've had nothing but positive experiences, like the amount of people that I've met just through like shit posting has Mm -hmm. been incredible. Like my roommate that I currently live with, I met through Twitter. Wow. Wow. Yeah. My roommate, like all of my, even my like in real IRL friends now are like all people that I've met from Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that is bizarre. That is bizarre. <laughs> yeah. I, it's I wild. don't think any of my IRL friends really know that I have a Twitter, let alone yeah. are on Twitter all that much. They're, they're all like Facebook people. Unfortunately. I have a lot of, you know, going to school in San Marcos for university, like, you know, I had a ton of friends that, you know, there's still people that I went to college with that are accessible, but, a lot of them are like married or they're, they have kids or, you know, we've changed, like mm-hmm. we've diverged so much. I think especially like politically I've become extremely radical in comparison to, to a lot of them. So yeah, it's just a matter of like growing up, you know, going down different paths or whatever. Now that, you know, Twitter is kind of more curated in terms of interests. So it kind of makes sense that I find people that I can vibe with a lot better oh, than I've met on Twitter because we have like an interest in philosophy or communism or anarchism mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever the, the case may be. I mean, it, it's a whole lot better again than, than me because as, as being like a big dummy, um, uh, part of that, and of course goes in line with the fact that uh, I, I do have a kid. And so uh, trying to then, you know, walk the, that like weird, bizarre, right. fine line yeah. of being like, yes, we must march in the streets, blood will pour, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. But also this daycare in this area looks pretty nice. I'm kind of excited for when that pops back up. Like it, it's a, it's a weird kind and of. that's a uh, dialectics. We call it. In, the, in the biz, in the biz. <laughs> yeah. And so to, to think about, you know, okay, well, like what would I want? my social circle to <laughs> quite quite literally it is i don't want to hang out with me <laughs> like why would i ever want to then hang out with people like me that sounds like a bad time like i i am so much more a fan 
of watching, you know, actually interesting people on Twitter kind of do their thing. And then just, uh, uh, you know, me kind of shit posting in the corner. Yeah. Hopefully not pissing too many people off. Right. I'll give you an example. Uh, so I met just ran again, ran, I think it was because of like the Deluxe bot. Basically I met this dude, uh, named Taylor and he fucking, he's, uh, he's a barista living in fucking Atlanta, but he's translated like all these, like he translated Felix Guattari's machinic unconscious. And then also some, uh, this other Francois LaRuelle. I mean, these are like fucking in terms of not only philosophy, but like translating this kind of shit. It's like the most difficult shit you could difficult translating you could possibly do. And this dude is just like a fucking wonderkind and he's just fucking doing his thing. <laughs> like yeah, exactly. a fucking barista at Starbucks. Of course he like, he was, you know, getting his doctorate and all this shit, but yeah, that, that, um, it's, it's, that that's been amazing. Unassuming. You know, yeah, and but. like the dude is fucking brilliant, just absolutely brilliant, understands this shit better than anybody I've ever spoken to. But yeah, he was like just fucking doing his thing at fucking Starbucks <laughs> at a small account. But yeah, that was that's pretty wild. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, I've met like any number of other fucking cool ass people. It, even here in Austin, there's like seven or eight people that I've met that are just fucking all yeah. cool ass people and and, all and that, fucking brilliant. That has been uh, something that, at least for me, is so bizarre to almost be able to have that ability to, to uh, look at these people as not like, oh, they're shrouded in this cloud of mystery, but like, oh, these are almost peers in a right. weird way. Yeah. And I, that's not speaking egotistically. Right. Or more just like that's their philosophy yeah. instead. And so then if you were to approach them or talk to them, they will talk to you like a human being yes. as opposed to like uh, one of the lemmings kind of running right. around or what have you. And like that is fantastic. But I also think that's very reflective of kind of left Twitter being much yeah. more inclusive. And that that's good. That's good because, you know, um, it enables more cynical people like me whenever I see uh, shit like uh, no comrades under 1k or whatever <laughs> trending I'm like this is not gonna end well yeah, I mean this I, will only end in tears I did avoid that but yeah. I will well, like I, definitely signal boost yeah I'm, I'm not gonna call anyone out yeah. yeah I don't want to call anyone out but like uh, I want someone's account go from like 800 followers to like 2600 followers and the following back number went from like 800 to like 850 yeah <laughs> so that's funny like, uh, I, I see I see what we're doing here uh, very clever very clever I guess is, is what uh, should be said on that uh, do you get wrapped up in that stuff I, I mean I know you said you personally don't but like is it because you've been burned before or that just isn't like your body? I, I don't know. I just have been, I think, lucky. I mean, I don't engage in discourse on Twitter. I'm. It's only like this libidinal shit posting. I, mm -hmm. My brain, I have like a geyser of thoughts in my brain. Like my fucking internal monologue is always going. And I just think, I think and tweet basically yeah. is ultimate. Like I've always been... My entire life, I was the guy that always came up with nicknames for people and always had like a catchphrase and that, you know what I mean? Okay. Okay. Like I was yeah. that guy that always like would be coming up with shit and then it like spreads. 
bullshit. Oh, good, good for you. Like here I was just being a natural creative. Yeah, I was, I've always, I've been shit posting my whole life. <laughs> now they gave it a name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, God, uh, it, it's, it is a, just a, a nice uh, period of time, I think, to be living in as a shit poster. But yeah, it's the amount of people that I've met and that are like fucking legit people is incredible. The other day, uh, and you probably won't even know this who this dude is, but there's like Graham Harmon is this guy and there's this whole, he's kind of like the main guy for what's called object-oriented ontology. Okay. Which don't yes. ask me to explain it right now. But anyway, just know that this guy's written books and is like, you know, he's kind of like the figure head of, of this particular like branch of philosophy. Yeah. And uh, this I, dude is this dude is following him now. And I'm like <laughs> <laughs> now I'm getting I've had a couple of like legit professional people following me and shit. And I'm still posting about cum and dicks. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, uh, different kinds of penises. Uh, and so forth. those those are the real tweets that they sign up for. <laughs> exactly. Not anything else. That that's what they want more than anything. They, like, you know what? It's fine. I I can I, uh, we can talk about this, but uh, yeah. I really just want to hear more about like that cum geyser that's taking place. <laughs> that sounds good. Let me exactly. Well, the the problem is that like so I have you know I have got my shit posting account and then I've got the podcast Twitter and mm-hmm. a lot of people just have over the course of time tagged me in posts like promoting whatever episodes we've done. Yeah. Yeah. And I haven't been smart enough to be like, ah, don't, don't tag. Oh, okay. I see. All right. If only there was like someone recently who tags both. Hmm, I, I don't quite know. <laughs> I mean, at this point it's like, fuck it. I'm, yeah. I'm like getting to the level of where it's like, fuck it. I should just like fully, reveal myself as the same person <laughs> that's doing both of these change your handle to like slur dot slur dot uh, slur yeah. and then and then reveal the the magnificent one um i, I don't know uh, th- that's so cool though that you're able to actually have people that you know you almost still get butterflies for, I guess. Like, oh wow, I can't believe like they're following me. It's yeah. I mean cool Nick Land follows me, which is I think is that was like that's a big one, even though he's obviously uh, obviously a, what? I'm sorry. Sh- I, obviously kind of a, a shithead now. He's his <laughs> Twitter is fucking I don't know if he's like trolling me specifically, but he posts all these fucking terrible it's like shit from the like new republic and all this crap and like he's lately been posting a lot about um the coup that biden is doing okay basically okay i see i see (laughs) well i mean like if it's any consolation i think peter coffin still follows psychic dolphin garage so yeah um (laughs) that's that's always uh fun to get grouped into that see some uh i don't think there's like a better feeling than uh, you know, watching someone that you're planning on having come on and have them like catch a whole bunch of Twitter heat for some post. And then yeah. you're like, all oh, right, this is going to be a fun episode. That's really exactly. Yeah. To this. Right? That's kind of why I want to keep the world separate is because obviously like my shit posting is it's out there, right? It's yeah. fucking, <laughs> exactly. Like, it's ma- It's completely, there's no restraints mm-hmm. on it. And and then conversely, you know, <laughs> it's 
it's just like uh, <laughs> no, I've maintained I, the podcast maintains a a bit more of a professional atmosphere to some degree. Well, that's good. That's, but I do I am obsessed with talking about shit posting and like applying it to philosophy and shit like <laughs> the art of shit posting. <laughs> losing using Lacan to analyze shit posting <laughs> it is truly the shit posters that hold the power in today's society. Uh, uh just you know, a, a nice quick uh thirty five hundred word tweet. Just right. <laughs> imagine that thread getting posted. I, get yeah, I don't know if uh, I don't know how long Graham Harmon is going to follow me when I'm just listing different kinds of penises <laughs> on my feed. <laughs> uh, like, no, I thought you were Dan Harmon. I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought you would appreciate this. Oh, right. uh, whoops. Oh, that's on me. That's on me. <laughs> Strange times, though, to be living in. I mean, I think I would get in my headspace too much. Like if if people I respected and were also fearful of followed me <laughs> i wouldn't quite know what to do you know there are a couple of like random blue checks who will follow me and i'm just like oh I, like i wonder why you're oh it's because you you did that like you ran for congress and then you know you got that blue check ah i see smart smart get to get to join that club i guess on the best the best compliment i've ever gotten for my posting was there's a, a guy and they have a, you know, fairly like, I don't know, something like 30, 30,000 followers. Mm-hmm. And, but they like, you know, it's one where they use their, their real name and shit. So, oh but this oh. person was like, I, I love your tweets. I wish that I could like more of them, but I just can't because this was my like, <laughs> <laughs> they're like very perfect. You know what I mean? They're trying to maintain an yeah. image of a certain level of propriety. So they have to restrain themselves from liking too many of, of my shit posts. <laughs> Which I fucking just ate that up. That was like send that shit beautiful. into hyperdrive. Yeah, just yeah. like give me that right in my veins. That's exactly what I want to hear. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that that is truly like the best kind of compliment to get. You know, it, it's almost like if someone would be like, "Oh, I stayed up late listening to your podcast, and I listened to so many episodes, then I woke up late for work the next day." You're like, "Oh, well, thank right. you. That means a lot. I yeah. appreciate that. It's a whole lot better than I guess like what we get sometimes when we're at PDG, and it's just like, so I was working the overnight shift, and uh, <laughs> it was giving like a box of knives or whatever the fuck. It's like your episode, uh, it was pretty cool. I listened to it at three times speed." <laughs> Yeah, I'm just picturing some guy hopped up on amphetamines working the overnight shifts yeah. now. Stocking uh, shelves at fucking Kroger. Yeah, exactly. And I'm just like, yeah, podcast for that guy. That's exactly <laughs> who I had in mind. Someone who I would be terrified of <laughs> if I encountered in the wild with your box of knives walking around all strung out. <laughs> Fucking, fucking cut code knives. Yeah. <laughs> trying to <laughs> that'd be even better. Trying to sell me them. <laughs> the knives aren't even wrapped in anything. Like it's not even like a seal proof wrap. It's like a Ziploc bag. Yeah, has a knife in it. Exactly. <laughs> Looks like an evidence bag. <laughs> I'll sell it to you. Fifteen dollars tops. You can get through anything. This thing will cut. Unbelievable edge. Unbelievable edge on this knife. <laughs> The best. <laughs> I'm 
truly trying to imagine how I would feel if I was propositioned by that individual. And, mm-mm, mm-mm, no, thank you. I'm going to run away. It'd be, it'd be awful. Plug whatever you whatever you want, whatever you feel the need. In terms of plugs, there's this thing I, I do that I don't think we've really touched on at all in the episode. It's called Psychic Dolphin Garage. It's a podcast. Uh, I'm not currently on it, so now is definitely the time to invest, <laughs> get in on the ground floor while that's happening. Uh, then I'll, I'll be resuming in, in January with some stuff there. I also have a side project called Bad Idea for a Podcast, which is just kind of taking like a different podcast format topic each week and then kind of playing with the form of podcasting itself. It's a long form improv from someone who is not good at long form improv, but it's uh, it, it's uh, interesting at least for me to, uh, again, try to get those creative juices flowing and going. So that way then I can hit the ground running when the time comes. Donate to your local food bank as well. That makes more of a difference than uh, anyone in Congress. I don't care what John Legend says. <laughs> Kelton. Thanks so much uh, for hopping on. And again, Kelton from Psychic Dolphin Garage. This is going to be Cooper Cherry and the Machinic Unconscious Happy Hour signing off for the week. This is the typical violence of information. It's violent because what happens there is the murder of the real, the vanishing point of reality. Let's not have a misunderstanding here. Thank you.